in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We will continue our, our Bible study in Psalm 18, starting from verse 16. Psalm 18, starting from verse 16. Let's read from verse 15, actually. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered at your rebuke. O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. From verse 1 to 15, David the prophet spoke how God thundered heaven and earth in order to deliver David from his enemies and from the tribulation. And in verse 15, he spoke as if, you know, the waters, then the channels of the sea were seen. The exact what God did with the Red Sea when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea and God made a road in the middle of the Red Sea, he is imagining that God made the same thing for him, not literally, but symbolically, how he actually thundered heaven and earth in order to rescue him. Then the channels of the sea were seen. So in verse 16, he starts by saying, He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. So many scholars think that in verse 15, the psalmist counted himself as if buried in deep waters, and then God opened these deep water to actually deliver him. He prayed, asked God to save him from the many waters and to deliver him from the hands of the stranger. That's why he said, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. David felt that he was drowning when the strong hand of God picked him up out of many waters. Like a man caught up in a flood, David knew that his enemies were too strong for him, but God could deliver him from his enemies. He sent from above all the manifestations that he explained from in the previous verses, these manifestations are the divine intervention from above, from heaven. All came from God. His delivery came from God, not from human being. While destruction came upon David's enemies from above, God protected David. And God's protecting hand was stretched out to save David. Sometimes water in the Bible used to to denote multitude of peoples. And here the word may have that reference. Many waters means multitude of people gathered around me, but God delivered me from them all. Then in verse 17 he said, He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were 
too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. David, who was brave and bold, he was a warrior, but he was not ashamed when he reviewed his life to admit that he owed his own protection not to his courage, but to God, not to the skill that he had, but to the Lord. His enemies, as he admitted, were much stronger than him. King Saul was the king with an army. And if God had not intervened, he would have been crushed and destroyed by his enemies. Also, uh, we can apply the same verses on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of God in his incarnation, he took our humanity. And when he took our humanity, as if he took all of us in him, he carried us in him, and thus he delivered us from Satan. And when he ascended to heaven, he carried us with him, and we ascended in him. As David said that the Lord, he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. In the same way, the Lord Jesus Christ shattered the doors of hell with his cross, and he delivered from death all the righteous who reposed on the hope of resurrection. He delivered them from the power of darkness. Even if Satan and all his hosts are strong for us, yet there is one who is mightier than them, who can deliver us from their hand, who exalt our soul with him on her. So David was saying, my enemies were ready to destroy me, but the Lord upheld me and kept me from falling. God obstructed and stopped all the plans of the enemies of David and prevented David from falling into their hand. The strong hand of God not only pulled David from the flood, but also set him in a safe place. As he said in verse 19, he also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Broad place means a state of freedom, plenty, comfort. So the Lord never leaves his work unfinished or half done. After he crushed the enemies of David, he led David into a state of liberty. After he crushed Satan under our feet, he took us to the paradise of joy, place of refreshment and place of liberty. David was several times shut up in close confinement in rocks and caverns, but God had now set him at liberty, placed him in happy circumstances that he could live and act with utmost freedom. Why God did this to David? David said, because he delighted in me. David saw that his motive was just, 
and he had favor toward and God had favor toward him. He delighted in me can be said about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Father is delighted in the Son. Uh, as he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. So we owe our salvation, our deliverance, because God is delighted, God the Father is delighted in the Son of David, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, also, when we, we sing such song, because he delighted in me, we need to have this confidence in God. As he said in verse 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. So in singing, we must, in singing that we are victorious in God, we need to trust in him. Uh, this also can apply to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord was surrounded by sorrows of death. And in his distress, he prayed in Gethsemane. And God made the earth to shake and tremble during the time of the cross, the rocks to cleave, and brought the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrection into a large place because he delighted in him. David explained the grounds of God's favor toward him by saying God delighted in me. Why God delighted in me in him? Said David said in verse 20, because his, uh, my righteousness and cleanness of my hand. This verse actually perplexed many commentators because we know David has his own weaknesses. David committed adultery, David killed many people. So what David meant here by righteousness and cleanness of his hand? David was speaking about his conscience. He meant the honesty of the purpose, the sincere desire to do what's right. As St. Peter said in 1 Peter 3.21, the answer of a good conscience toward God. But I don't you to think that if we have the right conscience, then regardless of our deeds, God will consider us uh, pure. No. God will recompense each one of us according to our deeds. Also, David may be, he is proclaiming his innocence of all his enemies' accusation. So his enemies accused him with many things, like rebellion, treason, stealing, betrayal, disobedience, being cruel, and many other things. So when he said, or spoke about his righteousness or cleanness of his hand regarding these accusations, not regarding everything in his life. Also, cleanness and righteousness means the Lord has put him on the way to the throne. He sent Samuel to anoint him as a king. Yet David left everything in the hand of God. He did not take any evil measure 
to become the king of Israel. For example, many opportunities he was able to kill King Saul to be the king of Israel, but he didn't do this. He left everything in the hand of God so God can do it in his own time. So during his long season of affliction under King Saul, David was challenged several times to respond in unrighteous way. He had many opportunities to kill Saul as a matter of self-defense, but David consistently conducted himself in this matter, in this aspect, in righteousness, and knew that God has rewarded him because of this. Then David is not boasting of self-righteousness. David is boasting of the effects of the righteousness that God had given him. Also, as I said, all these prophecies can be applied to the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he spoke about righteousness and cleanness of hands, this can be a, a Messiah prophecy. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the only Son of Man in His perfection. He is the incarnate God who obeys the Father till death. This obedience till death urged Him to the glory as we read in Philippians chapter 2 verse 9. Therefore God also highly exalted Him and gave Him the name that above every name. So in verse 20 He said, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. Verse 21, For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. The word judgments means all his commands, all his ordinances, all his laws. Judgment is commonly used in this sense of the scripture. Meaning what? Meaning that which God has judged, judged or determined to be right. So the word judgment means what God has judged or determined to be right. Uh, he said uh, in verse 21, And have not wickedly departed from my God. Have not wickedly departed from my God. Because as the wicked are said to cast God's commandment behind their back, as we read in 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 9, Nehemiah 9, 26, Psalm 50, 17, Ezekiel 23:35. So the wicked put the commandments of God behind their back, but David declares that he never acted like this. He had kept the law of God always before him, before his eyes, before making any decision, had held them in his mind and given heed to them. Uh, he said in verse 23, I was all also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. 
blameless before him in heart, being sincere and faithful. So David was in the sight of God. That's why God said, David, a man after my own heart. But this verse, I was also blameless before him. It's much more true of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom there was no unrighteousness, nor blemish, nor spot, neither in his heart nor in his lips. He was perfectly right, perfect integrity and faithful in all things to the Father who has appointed him. Then David said, and I kept myself from my iniquity, my iniquity. What did he mean by the word my iniquity? Maybe he means the sin to which he was exposed or tempted. Or maybe the sin of killing Saul. Because he was tempted several times to to kill King Saul. So maybe David considered this as his iniquity. Uh, Verse 24, Therefore, because of all of this, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. David resisted the strong temptation to kill King Saul and to take the throne promised to him by either violence or deception. This was the consistent expression of his righteousness, that the Lord rewarded him. And the Lord rewarded David by giving him the throne. That cannot be taken away from him. He gave him the throne, and also he gave to his son, or to his grand-grandson, the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal throne. If you come into any trouble because you fear God and serve Him, you will come out of it. Just like the three holy children came out of the furnace with not even the smell of fire remaining upon them. So, if you walk in the fear of God and you keep the righteousness of your way, God will deliver you as He delivered David, as He delivered the three young men, as he delivered Daniel from the lions, then, etc. Verse 25. From 25, actually, to 27, there is a principle, very important principle, how God deals with people. How God deals with people. I want you to notice, starting from verse 25, David here, was addressing God. So he said to God, with the merciful you, God, will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. David understood a basic principle of how God deals with people. God often treats us in the same way we treat others. The Lord explained this principle 
in the Sermon on the Mountain, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, he said, With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We as human beings, most of the time, we, we like to use a small measure of mercy toward others. But wants God to deal with us with a large measure of mercy. But it doesn't work this way. Jesus told us to expect the same measure from God that we use with others. Uh, so this appears in the psalm that celebrates David's victory over Saul because David was merciful with King Saul that's why God was merciful because David was innocent with King Saul God was innocent with him and we can see the both sides of principle in the situation between David and King Saul how God is dealing with the merciful like David and how God is dealing with the devious like King Saul so uh, with King David God showed him mercy because he was merciful but with King Saul God was shrewd as David said and with the devious you will show yourself shrewd we cannot say if a man is wicked like King Saul toward God, then God will be wicked toward him because God cannot do wickedness. But the meaning with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd, meaning what? If a person insists in going devious ways in his dealing with God, God will defeat him as this man deserves. If one distance himself from God, then God will dissociate himself from this person. Those who leave God and going to the devil, those who resist God and walk contrary to him, they shall find that God will resist them and walk contrary to them. We read in Leviticus 26, verse 23 and 24 and if by these things you are not reformed by me but walk contrary to me then I also will walk contrary to you and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins so God said if you are going to resist me and walk contrary to me I will be contrary to you Peter actually explained it more, and, and James in their letters explained it clearer. God gives the grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. He resists the proud. So, God deal with us with the same measure we deal with others. Uh, verse 27 for you will save the humble people as Peter and, and James said God will give grace to the humble but will bring down haughty looks God resists the proud uh, 
For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. From verse 28, God gives his light and word to empower David. So the light of God and his word are our tools to be strong in our warfare against Satan. Light in the scripture is an image of prosperity, success, happiness, holiness. Darkness is the image of the opposite. So the psalmist felt assured that God would give him prosperity as if his lamp were kept constantly burning in his dwellings. As if his lamp were kept constantly burning in his dwelling. That's why he said, For you will light my lamp, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. God who brought David to the throne of Israel, God will give him the light he needs to rule and to enlighten his darkness. Like King Solomon asked God for wisdom, he told him, if you entrusted me to be king to these people, I don't know what to do. Unless you give me wisdom, I will fail in my responsibility. So as God gave David uh, his, uh, the throne, also God gave his light to David in order to enlighten his darkness. Give him the wisdom to rule. This light can either be the external prosperity and the flourishing condition of David's kingdom or the internal spiritual light and the abundance of it by giving new supply of the grace of the Holy Spirit to cause the lamp to burn more clearly. As David said, with your light we shall see light. St. Augustine commented on verse 28 and 29, For our light is not from ourselves. Our light is not from ourselves. But you, God, will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For we, through our sins, are darkness. For not by myself, but by you, shall I be delivered from temptation and not in myself but in my God shall I leap over the wall which wall the sin that raised this wall between men and heavenly Jerusalem end of the quote so St. Augustine said when we sin we are in darkness but God actually will deliver us from this sin and make us defeat the sin and also, God will make us sleep over the wall, which wall, the barrier that our sins actually built between God and us. Then David started to look back with thankfulness upon the great things which God had done for him. So in verse 29 he said, For by you, by you, O God, 
I can run against a tomb. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Augustine said about leaping over a wall, the wall, the barrier between us and God. But here David is speaking about how God delivered him several times. For by you I can run against a troop, by my God I can leap over a wall. So he had not only worked deliverance for him, but God had given David victory and success and made him triumph over those who sought to triumph over David. So to deliver David from his, the hands of his enemies is one step, but to give David victory over his enemies is another step. So God did not only deliver David from the hands of his enemies, but give David also victory over his enemies. It's amazing how easy our life become when we have faith in God. Does faith diminish difficulties? Of course, no. Maybe it increases challenges, but also it increases our strength through God to overcome these challenges. The contemplation of the facts mentioned in the previous verses, from verse 1 to verse 28, let the thought of David up to the great source of all these blessings. Who is the source of all my victories? Who is the source of my deliverance? It is only God. That's why he started to reflect about the character of God. In verse 30 he said, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. So he mentioned three things. He is perfect, the way of God is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. And God is a shield to all who trust in him. His way is perfect means flawless, without blemish, lack nothing, like his work. We read in Deuteronomy 32 verse 4, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Then he said, the word of God or the word of the Lord is proven. Mean the promises of God is tested, refined, like pure gold without insincerity. If God promised something, he will fulfill it. The word of God is proven. When we test the word of God, it is like pure gold. Then he said, God is a shield to all who trust in him. God is a protection to those who take refuge in him and trust in him. But those who trust in man, who trust in themselves, they will not be protected. But those who trust in the providence and power of God, in his grace, in his mercy, in his sword, in his word, will be protected. Then from verse 31, David spoke about how God strengthened him. How God strengthened him. 
In verse 31 he said, For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? David here celebrated the reality of God of Israel as the one and only true God against all the illusions of other gods of the nations. That's why he said, Who is God? Who is the true God except the Lord of Israel? Who is Iraq, rock of protection except our God? There is but one God, Jehovah, there is none beside him, nor any like him. So we can place our absolute confidence in God, in Jehovah, who is able to protect and preserve to the end all who serve him. God's perfection is the source of his own. No other being has proved the power, the wisdom, the goodness which belongs to the true God. If you compare the so-called gods with the true God, no one has the same power, no one has the same wisdom, no one has the same goodness. All the things that are meant in the true nature of God are found in no other God but in the true God. Who is a rock? Rock means no one can provide safety or defense like the true God. No one under whose protection we can be secure in danger, as we read in Deuteronomy 32, verse 31, for their rock, the rock of the nation, is not like our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. So David knew by experience the strength of God given to him. So God, who is strong, no one is like him, gave his strength to David. Not only strength of the body, but the determination of the mind. As he said in verse 32, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. It is God who arms me with strength. Strength not only the physical strength or the military strength, but also the spiritual strength, the strength of the soul against Satan, against sin, against the temptation of the world, in order to do the will of God and the work of God and to be perfect. That's why St. Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 told us, put on the whole armor of God. Believers are armed by the Lord, by the whole armor of God. And among the nations, they have the girdle of the truth. They, They know that the only true God is our God. They are prepared for every good work. As we read in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4, the bows of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumbled are girded with strength. So the children of God girded with strength and girded with the truth. Verse 33, 
He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. Again, David continues to say how God strengthened him. So he said, God will arm me with his strength and makes my way perfect. Uh, makes my way perfect means God removed every obstacle out of my way. He made my way plain, easy, give me victory over my enemies. Also, this verse is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, who conquered sin, sin, conquered Satan, conquered the temptation of the world, conquered the death, conquered the grave by his resurrection. For this is not to be understood the way and course of David's life, because David was not perfect. David has many blemishes and imperfection in his life. So to say, made, makes my way perfect is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. Then he said, he makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places. What is the mean of this? Means God gave me the skill to use such strength. Maybe you are strong, but you don't know how to use this strength. So the skill was like a skill of a deer who can run, the deer can run without effort upon high places. Anyone climbs high places actually get tired, but the deer can run up high places without any effort. So he said, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer, means God give me this power. The same phrase we read it in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 19. In a spiritual sense, give me the feet of a deer means the readiness and its cheerfulness in order to climb up the high places of the commandment of God. When our heart is filled with his love and his grace, we can actually keep the high requirements of the commandment of God effortlessly. Then in verse 34, he said, He teaches my hands to make war, so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. David sang about the way God helped him to make war. Meaning, God gave me strength, helped me to run swiftly on a secure path, made me strong enough to bend a bow of bronze. A human being cannot bend a bow of bronze, but God actually gave him this strength and gave him the shield of salvation. So the skill which David had in the use of bow, sword, or spear. All these things actually depend on our hands. But David gives the credit to God. God give me the skill to know how to use the bow, how the sword, to use the sword and the spear. Verse 35. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. 
Salvation here can be temporal salvation or eternal salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. So, in a spiritual sense, God will help me to use the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the uh, girdle of truth, the sword of the word, the shoes of the uh, peace. So, all these things, God will give me the skill to use them against Satan, against the world, against sin. As St. Augustine says, who teaches me to work for the overthrow of my enemies? Who strives to shut the kingdom of heaven against us? So, St. Augustine saying, who is the one who teaches me how to defeat enemy, the enemy who strives to shut the kingdom of heaven against me? St. Augustine continues and say, you have made my arms as a bow of steel and you have made my earnest striving after good works unwearied. So, St. Augustine saying, God is the one who gives us the strength like our arms, like be like a bow of steel and God will make our good fight after good work without effort. In all battles and in all dangers, God defends his children. David saying, I was constantly safe because I possessed the salvation of God. Everywhere, against King Saul, against Absalom his son, God protected him. God kept David from falling into those snares and troubles, conspiracy like one of the Ahithophel, which his enemies designed, and he feared he should fall into one of these uh, snares. The word your salvation, as I said, can either temporal salvation from his enemies or spiritual and eternal salvation. Then he said, your right hand, in verse 35, he said, your right hand has held me up. Right hand usually is the arm of greatest strength. So you empowered me with your greatest strength. Then he said a beautiful verse. Your gentleness has made me great. Usually, actually, we think that uh, no one will be great by the gentleness of God. We want God to thunder, want God to storm against our enemies. And for us, it is very easy to underestimate the power of the gentleness of God. We want to see strong work from God. Like Elijah, God showed Elijah a lesson that the gentleness of God actually can make him great. God said to Elijah, go outside and I will appear to you. And there was a storm. 
and God was not in the storm. There was earthquake, God was not in the earthquake. There was fire, God was not in the fire. Then in a swift breeze, that was God. So as David said, your, gent- your gentleness will make me great. So David here, this great warrior, received greatness from the gentleness of God. God showed David gentleness. And David learned from the gentleness of God. And that's why David was gentle to others. The gentleness of God guided David and allowed David to be successful. And this gentleness of God made David truly great. So God showed gentleness to David in many ways and through many events in his life. For example, he consoled his soul when King Saul started to envy and hate David. He gave him a friend like Jonathan. He told Abigail about Nabal and by this way he kept David from slattering a foolish man and his family. He granted David self-control to spare the life of Saul twice. So it's very obvious that this gentleness of God made David great. We can say that the gentleness of God also makes every believer great more than what we may consider. Verse 36, which will be the last verse in our Bible study tonight. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. So the idea of verse 36, that God made room for his feet, so that he has been enabled to walk without hindrance or obstruction. You enlarged my path under me. So God gave room to my steps, so my feet did not slip. As if before he was constrained, he was compressed, hindered in his going. But now God removed all the obstacles, and now he can walk freely. That's why he was so swift in his pursuit, like the deer on high places and he chased his enemies and overtook them. Spiritually, verse 36, as St. Augustine suggested, nor shall the ways of the flesh hinder me. St. Augustine said, the ways of the flesh will not hinder me. For you, God, has enlarged my love, my working in gladness, even with these mortal things, and members which are under me. So St. Augustine said, you enlarged my love toward you. You enlarged my heart in love and gladness toward you. So I put this mortal temptation under my feet, and my feet did not slip. So the ways of the flesh did not hinder me. So we'll stop here at verse 36. From Psalm 18, glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.